Welcome to the Glass Tire Art Dirt Podcast. This is our second podcast. I am Rainy Knudsen, the publisher of Glass Tire. Uh, I'm Christina Reese, the editor-in-chief of Glass Tire. And this week, the news has all been about Dana Schutz's painting of Emmett Till in the Whitney Biennial. It certainly has. Uh, This is all anyone in the art world can talk about, even as they tear themselves away from what's going on in our nation's capital. Well, you know, the news keeps generating itself because of the, the fake Dana Schutz uh, letter. Right, right. Um, and on, just ongoing protests, and everyone needs to weigh in, it seems like. Everyone has an, an idea or opinion. It's, it's really inspired a lot of passion, I will say that. Sure has. All right, so quick recap. Give the quick recap for anybody who doesn't know what's happened with this painting. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I wasn't thinking I was going to do this, but yeah, sure. So the Whitney <laughs> Biennial is, uh, was curated by uh, two curators who were focusing on identity and violence and, and politics, and uh, that seems to be kind of the theme for this, this newest Whitney Biennial. Dana Schutz, who's a white woman painter in New York who's um, successful and has been successful for a long time, uh, she put a painting in the, or they put her painting in the Whitney Biennial. It's a painting of Emmett Till, his open casket funeral. Emmett Till was the 14-year-old who was lynched, violently, horribly murdered by white men who accused him of flirting with a white woman. So Parker Bright and some other people were physically protesting the painting at the Whitney Biennial. A Berlin-based, English-born uh, artist named Hannah Black, who's, who's a writer as well as an artist, wrote an open letter, a protest letter, and she called for the destruct not just the removal of the painting from the Whitney Biennial, but also the destruction of the painting. And that's really kind of where this whole conversation got started nationally and internationally, was with her letter to the curators and to the Whitney Museum. So there are a lot of interesting things to say about this, this episode. Can I just say something? Yes. I... Yeah, that's what this is Go for. Ahead. Um, I really did an incredible 180 on this whole topic. It, it, it didn't take long. It was 24 hours. And this was out without me even obsessing over it. But, you know, originally when I read her letter, I got very snagged on her. She said uh, something about the art being for fun and profit, that, that an artist should not basically have fun and profit off of the this incredibly loaded image and symbolism of black trauma and suffering. And I was thinking at first I was like fun and profit. I mean, can we not give art and artists and the Whitney curators and the Whitney museum, the benefit of the doubt that a lot that this art was not made with the intention of fun and profit. But I also thought almost immediately, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I almost also thought, you know, have Schutz and the curators been living under a rock for the last five to 10 years? I mean, did they really think that they were going to put this painting in the show and that no one would have a problem with it? Yeah. So, so and here we have to talk about Schutz's response to the protests. Um, and she sounds like, uh, and I have sounded like this in the past and I think, you know, this happens. She sounds like a deer in the headlight white person who's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
I was really meant this to be about empathizing with the mother of Emmett Till. I am a mother. And I think that this art can be a space for empathy, is what she said. And she was basically saying it should have, and, and the curator said it should have a tremendous resonance for people. And she was like, I didn't mean for it to in any way appropriate this or in, insult his memory or whatever. I was trying to bring attention to the issue of uh, violence against black people generally. And of course, this famous story specifically. And a lot of people are like, calling BS on that and saying that's, you know, that's not an adequate response. You know, and these days maybe it's not an adequate response because whereas when she painted this, it might have been in the middle of last year when there was just so much tremendous coverage and outrage over the various kinds of horrible things that were happening to black people throughout the country that have, you know, continued on. Times have changed so drastically in terms of black lives and black voices even needing a white savior or a white person to come in and paint their symbols for them. I mean, there's a, there's a painting in the show by Henry Taylor called the times they ain't changing fast enough. And it's like, it's very different now for a white person to wade into this conversation. We're living in a different world now. We have been actually since Obama was elected. One of the issue, one of the many issues that's arisen from this episode is the question of intent. When she says, wait, I didn't, I didn't intend at all for this. I intended for this. And I, my feeling about intention and artist's intention is that it, it's sort of like states' rights. We like it when it suits us and when we agree with the intent, and we don't like it when we don't agree. When we're offended by something or when we think something is wrong, we say, well, I don't give a shit what you intended, and we call it out. Um, and I think that's how people are responding to this. But I think that's okay. I think it's okay for people to say, I don't care about your intention. In this case, I really it, do. Is it okay for the artist to say, but my intention matters to me, and that's not what I intended? Sure. I think that counts, too. Um, I don't think that Dana Schutz is a bad person. I don't think that she did this in a malicious way. I don't think that she's this is a I don't think this is a hate crime. Oh, God. no. Um, I, I will I will say I bet a lot of the certainly the white people who are agreeing with the calls to take the painting down. I bet a lot of them are themselves not parents. If I had to just ma- place a bet on something I know nothing about when you have a child the way you think about children, the way you pay attention to them completely changes. It certainly did for me. And suddenly every fear you've ever had in your life is nothing because the only fear you have and the only fear that matters and that's real is the fear of something bad happening to your child. And it is possible to empathize extraordinarily with a parent who has lost their child because it's that is the horror that a parent fears so badly. And so I believe 100% that she wanted to do this as a mother. I believe her when she says, I was doing this as a mother. And I also can conjecture, and I don't know if this is true, but I could imagine if she's thinking about it and anticipating that there might be a negative reaction, she reaches back into history for an episode that happened, you know, 60 years ago. And the mother of the victim herself has died in the meantime. And so she's not, she might have thought, well, I'm not capitalizing on Trayvon Martin's mother's grief. What do you think about the the idea that maybe if Dana Schutz wanted to talk about parenthood or the mother's point of view, the mother's grief, why didn't she paint the mother? 
Well, that's been one argument that I've read. And I've also read people saying like, well, if this is really what she intended, if she really intended empathy with a parent who's lost their child, well, this is the incorrect parent to choose. And she's not allowed to paint about this. There's no doubt that artists who wade into the political, like highly loaded political content, like Gerhard Richter or Luke Toyman's probably have to do a lot of mental calculus all along and what is appropriate to paint and when. I know that Gerhard Richter thought about painting 9-11 shortly after 9-11 and decided not to do it. I know that timing has a lot to do with this. There's a, a new kind of civil rights movement taking place, new mm-hmm. kinds of dialogues, new kinds of watchfulness for a certain kind of appropriation. People of color don't really need white people to speak for them in the art world right now. There is a platform. They have a voice. They're incredibly mobilized, you know, not immobilized. They're incredibly mobilized. Well, on on this topic, I I think that the response to the piece is now inextricably linked to the piece and the incredibly moving individual. I think you said his name, the guy who is standing, he's sort of almost holding vigil in front of this painting. And on the back of his shirt, it says Black Death Spectacle. His Uh, name is, yeah, his name is Parker Bright. And he's been kind of standing sentinel over this painting and blocking people's view. And I think that's an it's a really effective, really powerful form powerful. of protest. I actually think his, his protest is so much more effective than Hannah Black's letter. Because Hannah Black called for the destruction of the painting, which I think everyone who has any sense objects to. I think anyone who has a sense of the very the long you know the long form of history understands that when you start to call for the destruction of painting, not just censorship but destruction, you're on a very very slippery slope. I don't really have any. Uh, I, I don't have a huge problem with her. Actually, I think that she can write very well about certain things. I think that she has a pretty fresh perspective on some things. I agree with a lot of what she says and writes. But that's kind of, what is that called? There's a type of persuasion where you lead with something incredibly extreme and then you dial it back in order to. I, th- I think it's called the side. art of the deal. Yeah, the tr- Trump's art of the deal. So, um, so here, you know, so here. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So, for her to call for the destruction of the painting to lead with that was certainly a way to get uh, everyone's attention. Yes, and well, then she she did do that. Yeah, she certainly did, and we're still talking about it, and we're what four days into this whole thing. I think, aside from the reaction being now part of the work, as as frustrating as it probably is for Black people to have to go through this goddamn procedure over and over and over again in different ways in reaction to different types of offenses. I mean, maybe speaking just for myself and maybe, you know, what you said earlier, the white hearts and minds, or at least white attentiveness, is coming around on on this issue. I've been reading... Yes, I've been reading James Baldwin's essays because I pulled. I wanted to read na- notes from Native Son, which um, I'd never read. And there was a quote that he he talks about how he, like he had to let go of his hatred for white people because it was basically destroying him. But that he certainly couldn't love white people, and and he said the white world is too powerful, too complacent, too ready with gratuitous humiliation, and above all, too ignorant and innocent for that. 
I love the ready with gratuitous humiliation. That's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't, da, da, I'm just going to, you know, that's that reaction. And then the ignorance and the innocence. And I think that he, I mean, he also said that the past will remain horrible for exactly as long as we refuse to assess it honestly. And I would say a painting like this and the response to it helps white people who have a vested interest in not assessing the past honestly start to do so. It's a good time for us considering everything that's going on and the the myriad voices that are out there. It's not it's really not a bad time for white people to just shut the fuck up and listen for a while. <laughs> Um, seriously, said the white woman on the two white women podcast. Said the, yeah, exactly. And this podcast will go out a couple of days after we record it, and I'll continue to be feeling this way. But you know, I mean, the good intentions of white people at this point must seem like the biggest fucking joke in the world for a lot of black people. And, and Jordan Peele, in fact, has made a movie about it called Get Out, which is like the top movie in the country right now. Yeah, the good intentions of white people has become very tiresome. And we really just need to back off and just... And and not be so ready with our gratuitous humiliation. Yeah. (laughs) This Whitney Biennial will be remembered for this piece. Which is is probably helpful in some ways, and it also makes me feel quite badly for all the other artists who have pieces in the show. Before this story started really blew up, the Biennial was getting rave reviews from everybody. And then this happened, and everyone's like, ooh. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Good. I think if it's, if it's remembered for this reason, that's not, that's not a particularly bad I, thing. I, I, I think, again, speaking for myself, I think white people coming around to the notion that we have had no earthly idea how good we've had it <laughs> is not a bad thing in this country. I think that the idea of white people like Bob Dylan or Faulkner or Andy Warhol depicting black trauma in their songs and their artwork and their in filmmakers, whoever, I think, I don't think that black people need white people to do that for them right now. And I don't think they want them to do that for what, them. Right what would now. you say to the argument that white people need white people to do that for them? White people need white people to do what for us? To point out black suffering. The, oh, yeah, I don't. Because, uh... for example, I read an article that was, uh, it was a great article. Um, and it said, uh, hey, liberal, well-meaning white people, late to the party. Thanks finally for showing up. We're going to still be pissed off at you. You're still going to fuck up and we're going to be mad. And that's just too damn bad because, you know, welcome to our lives here. I'll say this. But, I what, think but, no, but what you can do, well-meaning liberal white people, is raise the flag in places where only you can go. That's how it used to be, too, and that's why that's why I think during the original civil rights movement, when white people joined the civil rights movement, it was fine because black people had so little voice in the in the really mainstream establishment that it was a welcome addition to the whole thing. Now I think that if white people are so insensitive that they can't even get behind the stories and the narratives and the messages that great black artists are sending out into the world about their experience, then they're probably a lost cause anyway. So what do you think? So the notion of the white ally is disingenuous. I think the way white people can be an ally is in the quiet and dignified and uh, truthful way that they go about living their lives and talking about the way people should be treated and standing up for what they know is morally and ethically correct. 
And also when they're with their white friends and family members to not put up with any bullshit. Yeah. And there is bullshit in the world. And there's, oh my God, there's so (laughs) much bullshit. There's a lot of bullshit. Back to art. I do think artists of any color get to do whatever the fuck they want in their art. And everybody else gets to have whatever response that they have. I agree with that entirely. Uh, but I also think that calling for the destruction of art is, is super thin ice. I think that's, that's where you're really starting to get... That, that, that's where the slippery slope becomes slicker than owl shit, as my grandfather would have said. <laughs> Okay, well, that is uh, another Blast Art Podcast. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Once again, thank you to the musician Matt Johnson for the use of his song Fly Away and Eric Jarvis for connecting us with Matt. And um, uh, this is a really tricky issue, and uh, we welcome any comments people have one way or the other about it. Yeah, let us know what you think, and um, have a good week. Have a good week. Go see some art. Go see some art.